Hello, barbarians, and welcome to Alone and Unprepared in Waterdeep, a game where we do not prep in advance, and there's only one player. Naked and afraid in Waterdeep. Hey, that's... That, that is a copyright, okay? That's copyright infringement. <laughs> Trademarked. Registered. Disrobed and fearful in Waterdeep. <laughs> no, it's not what it is. The point of Alone and Unprepared in Waterdeep is that if we can take a little bit of time out of our schedule to not put a lot of work in, but still play, we don't have a huge group, obvs. I didn't put all my normal handouts and stuff together, obvs. But we're still playing, and you can too. So this is our playthrough, or our version, of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. We are about to get into chapter two. So if you're not caught up on our adventure yet, the first few episodes cover chapter one, and those are already out. Before we get too far, we do want to thank some of our awesome patrons. These are our patrons at the Techno Barbarian level. Uh, the cool thing about this level is everyone currently at this level are basically podcast famous because we've mentioned them many times here before. So we'd love to thank Richard H., um, Cursed by Dice, excellent role player. Dear the friend. Undaunted. <laughs> and then, of course, our awesome friends over at the Esoteric Order of Role Players. Insert fanfare here. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also have a podcast, which is amazing. So if you're not already listening to them, please check out the Esoteric Order of Role Players wherever you gather your favorite podcasts. At Podcast Farms. We remember. Organic, gluten-free podcasts. Last time on Alone and Unprepared in Waterdeep, you had chosen to bring your friend Scratch with you mm -hmm. for that part of the adventure, where you were hired to find a missing person. Um, Volo is the one who hired you, and he wanted you to find his friend Floon, who had not been seen um, for a few days. You were able to put together some clues and track him down to a hideout sort of base setup in the sewers of Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. um, after fighting your way through what was a Zentarim warehouse, it looked like it had been attacked by Xanathar guild members, um, which is kind of a conflict you had seen in the city a couple of times leading up to this point. Um, you were successful. You were supposed to get paid. But it, instead of gold, because Volo didn't have it for you, he offered you a deed to a manor in the North Ward, which you eventually accepted after much hemming and hawing and um, adding an, a favor owed to the deal. Yeah. It's always good to have a handle on folks if you can. Speaking as like a, not me personally, that's kind of manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little psychotic. But like a, that's normal in her line of work. So, as agreed, you meet the next day with Volo and Floon and the young lord Neverumber. Um, two people that you rescued last time you were out and about. And they go with you to meet with a magistrate. Um, the magistrate's a tiefling. 
Her name is Kylin Silmerhelve. And she is going to be the officiant of this transfer of property. Because it's water deep. There are laws and rules for everything, as you will soon find out. So you meet up at the courthouse in the castle ward at High Sun. The magistrate, Kylin, puts the appropriate seals on the paperwork, collects the appropriate signatures, and then requests the estate transfer tax, which you note that the Lord Renner Never Ember hands over for you. Oh. So it is paid. Okay. What was her last name? Silverheim? Silmer Helve. So S I L M E R H E L V E. Silmer Helve. <laughs> okay. Cool. And with payment rendered and receipts given, she says, well, this is officially done. And she rolls it up and hands that deed sealed and signed to you. Wow. All right. Um. Volo goes over and shakes your hand very enthusiastically again. And he says, ah, now you are a property owner in Waterdeep. I'm sure you will be very successful here. <laughs> Man, this makes me a little uncomfortable because... Uh, now, there's the same reasons I was uncomfortable last time wanting to take payment like this in the first place. Right. Not her element. and She's thinking, uh, now I'm going to have to get an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and stuff like that. There's going to be taxes and you know, you're going to start putting stuff there, and it's terrible. Next thing you know, people want you to get married, settle down, have a bunch of little Lycas stumbling about. <laughs> and that's just not her jam. So with the uh, deed in hand, you are able to go scope out this new property that you own to do with as you will. Um, and what you find is it's in the northward, which is a very desirable area to be in in Waterdeep. Um, but it's definitely a very ramshackle building. And it's on a street that's actually named for the manor. So the manor is called Trollskull Manor. Hmm. And the street that it's on is Trollskull Alley. It's on an alley. Okay. And this alley is filled with independent businesses, all trying to, you know, be successful, make ends meet um, in a pretty busy section of Waterdeep. And they are very used to operating near this giant abandoned building, basically, which is now showing signs of activity. So as you take the time to check it out, um, you note that the ground level of the manor is actually set up as a tap room. Um, But it's obvious that it has not been used in a very long time. There is broken furniture, um, drained kegs and things like that uh, strewn about the ground floor. 
Some of the windows are boarded up. It just hasn't seen repair or use in a long time. But that main floor, which could potentially be fixed up for business purposes, either as what it once was or as something else, um, is not the only floor of this manor. It is a manor proper with multiple stories. And looking up at it from the outside, you can see there, there are three floors proper above ground. Um, a turret even has a nice little tower hmm. uh, in one section of it. And after some exploration, um, you note that there is a basement, a wine cellar or similar as well. Huh. Okay. Well, this has got a lot of potential, I gotta say. But I've been thinking about setting up an office somewhere for a while now as a, a base of operations. Some, um, you know, like a private eye type of office. Right. Investigations. So this might be the perfect place for that. Not necessarily in the tap room, but somewhere could be a good room for that in this manner, I'm sure it's big. Yes, it is quite large. Um, and that works in your favor as you start looking through rooms uh, that would potentially make good meeting places um, for that type of office, as well as um, handling the visitors that you tend to have hanging around. So um, Scratch, your druid friend from chapter one, has kind of scoped out and picked out a room that, you know, they've kind of set up um, for hanging out in when they're there. It's a small room on the on one of the upper floors. Oh, like a, a guest room that Scratch yeah. usually stays in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hmm. Um, your friend Shan, who we introduced in the beginning of chapter one, but she didn't go with you, um, the storm mage, if you will, storm sorcerer, um, she often hangs out there when she's not helping her her mother out with her work. Um, and in the time since you've moved in and started to get things settled, um, a new ally has arrived and started hanging out with you, whether you really approve of it or not. Uh, a strange owl like Eric Hokra, who refers to himself as Deke the Penitent. What? Deke? <laughs> nice. He's very mysterious and has claimed that he's come from another plane to make right things from his past that he had done wrong. Mm. Well, I know that life, friend. I think you're in the right place. Um, is what I'll say to him <laughs> when he shows up spat out by the jaws of life on my decrepit doorstep <laughs> that is nonetheless well swept. Uh, what was the, the storm mage lady? What was her name? Uh, she goes by Shan, but her full name is Shanty Mapright. Oh, that's right. I remember her now. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> once per episode, at least. At least once. Yeah. Um, and then, also, it is Deke. The Penitent. All right. So just to kind of give you more information on the layout. So the ground floor is this large tap room area with a bar and everything. Um, a large pantry, like walk-through pantry and a kitchen. Mm -hmm. 
Below the tap room is a basement, which looks like it was used as an ale and wine cellar. And there's still some casks and barrels in there. On the second floor, so above the tap room floor, there's a large common room, um, as well as um, like what looked like it was used as like a den or um, like a study of some kind, maybe, which has a balcony adjacent to it. Hmm. And that's right off that common room. And then on the third floor, there are a number of bedrooms, including a bedroom with its own private bath, um, as well as another smaller like library study area. And then above that, there is an attic, including an attic bedroom. And the turret, there's access to the turret kind of lookout point from the attic. Okay. So it's a large manor. So your friends have helped out a bit with starting to move some basic amenities in to make it usable as, at the very least, like a place where you can rest at the end of a day of work. Um, and occasionally you come in to find in this dusty, broken down bar, um, them sitting on half broken, wobbly stools at the bar with a, a bottle they've brought in of something. Um, but basically, it's you and these friends who seem to half live there um, most of the time, um, willing to help you out with things around the place as needed. Um, one of the only issues you've run into with the manor proper at this point is it does, as rumors told, appear to be slightly haunted. Hmm. Okay. Only slightly. Um, there's some sort of spirit that has seemed to um, be concerned about your presence there. And most of the time, it seems to act in this tap room area, the main floor. Sometimes you'll be awoken to the smashing of a plate on the, on the ground floor. Or in a dusty mirror behind the bar, messages like, closing time or last call scrawled into the dust of the mirror. Okay. We'll have to deal with that ghost eventually. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Could be good. Could be bad. They're not too destructive. Might just add to the flavor of the place. Yeah, so far it just seems like some sort of spirit that's generally annoyed with your presence there, especially um relating to how that area it works in, that bottom floor is being used. But like I said, you know, there are many opportunities for what you could do with this place, and that's definitely something you may want to look into at some point. But for now, kind of having gotten the deed and established yourself, there are a couple of things that Laika could choose to do. Um, or choose to focus on. Obviously, you have this whole neighborhood around you of really mostly businesses um, that may be interested in knowing what's going on um, or making your acquaintance. Um, and then beyond that, you do have this map in your head of areas unexplored in the sewers of Waterdeep um, related to the area where you found Floon. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And then there is also the issue as you get settled that you're starting to receive requests and missives from various factions in the city who've taken notice of you now as an operator and a property owner in Waterdeep. Yeah, I'm starting to get established proper business-like. <laughs> and uh, so first thing I want to do and this is probably just a mundane detail that we can just say I take care of, but she's going to want to uh, change the locks, like have a lock for her bedroom. That's the master suite that you mentioned. Sure. And a lock for the office area off of the common room. Okay. With its balcony. And as a rogue, I feel like dealing with locks is something that she's fully capable of doing by herself. Right. Um, just buying the hardware and then installing it and all of that. As for all the other rooms that everyone else stays in and stuff like that, she's not really going to worry about that right now. Okay. So, as... You're looking into installing and changing some of these locks. What you start to note is that Waterdeep is a city of rule, and there seems to be a guild for everything. And so, of course, there is a guild that handles locks and locksmithing, um, who are happy to make acquaintance with you, especially in this building that may be renovated and need many things at future points. Uh, okay. And so they're very interested in making sure that you go through the proper channels to handle these things. So I can't just go to Hovel Depot and right. pick up some locks no. and install them. Not in Waterdeep. They, they have to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Don't have a lot of money. But I need to make sure that these are done securely so that they're actually secure okay because so you're meeting with a dwarf a representative of the most careful order of skilled smiths and metal forgers uh, that's what their guild is called so what's the equivalent of uh like yelp reviews in water deep there's got to be a way to see the uh reputation of the guild so that i don't walk in blind um, you can certainly make um, an investigation or a history roll, depending on what sort of thing you're trying to rely on to get that information. Probably history. Okay. So let's see what happens. Uh, not great. Uh, eight. Okay. Um, for this particular guild, you haven't really heard much, but your understanding is that this is the overarching guild for anyone who does business that requires working of metal. Huh. So any blacksmith, any weaponsmith, anyone who forges even the most mundane wrought iron hinges for doors must belong to and pay dues to this guild. I see. All right. Well, cool. I mean, if you have to, you have to. Yep. So 
this dwarf is kind of walking through as you're describing your needs for mm-hmm. locks. Right. He's like, this is definitely something we can do. Uh, and I suppose I could make sure we cut you a deal if, uh, you know, you're planning on perhaps uh, doing some updates, some rebuilding in here that would require guild services. Um. Fixtures, hinges, so many opportunities for upgraded metalwork. I'm sure lots of that stuff will come up, friend. Uh, hinges and fences and uh, block and tackle and whatnot. <laughs> All sorts of stuff. Maybe even some chains, cables, etc. He says, uh, normally a good lock to be about 10 gold. <laughs> but, like I said, I think we can cut you a deal here. New property owner, lots of work that will need to be done. Uh, so... Let's, uh... We can do... Because you're like really looking for, like, three main locks or so, or what do you... What do you need? Uh... I really just need two. Alright, two locks. One, one for my bedroom and one for my office. That's really it. So, how about we'll do kind of a construction discount. One gold piece per lock with the understanding that likely there will be more work to be done in the near future. Hmm. I am thinking of opening that tap room Getting it rented out. Hmm. Huh. I'll probably need stuff. Alright. Uh. Have yourself a deal, friend. Gonna you know, hold out my hand to shake his hand. We're probably about similar heights. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. He's a little bit taller than you and definitely much broader. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sticks out a well muscled arm that ends in a. A strong, meaty hand. <laughs> and he says, I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do with the place. And so that's going to be two gold to install those locks. Two gold to install the old locks. Ching. These are definitely, if someone wanted to pick these locks, they're moderately difficult. Uh, they're good quality locks. That's good. I'd like to think that... Uh, I can set up some security measures as far as not not intrusion prevention, but intrusion detection. Like, sure. I would know if someone comes in those rooms. Well, especially having um, three spellcasters who live with you, um, pretty much. <laughs> they all have access to things like alarm rituals and stuff like that, which they'd be happy to set up for you. Sounds good. Okay. We'll do mechanical and magical Mundane and fantastic. Very good, very good. Mundane and... I don't know. (laughs) Alright, so... Obviously you can look into upgrades or um, functionality of the manor. Mm -hmm. You can start visiting or exploring the area around the manor. You can start looking at some of these summons that you're receiving or requests for work. Or you can kind of backtrack and 
take a look at the areas you left unexplored in your rescue of Floon. Okay. Who is in the uh, the common room? Who's hanging out right now? All of them are are with you at an, or any given time unless they have like specific business elsewhere. I would say Shan's probably the one that's in and out the most because she does have her mother in town um, that she helps out during the day. Um, but on a good on a given evening, everyone's there. Okay. Cause I'd like to ask Deke to make a sign. Okay. And it's for the front of the tap room. And it's gonna say uh, for rent or enterprise, inquire at office. Okay. And have him put that out front. Okay. And I'm gonna start looking through the summonses. Is okay. So you note that when you make this request, Deke quickly goes to his various bags and boxes and pulls out these tools and instruments. Um, with many hinges and gears that look like they're made for engraving and dyeing and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, he's a very skilled little artificer that you have on your hands there. Nice. Maybe he could make the sign fancy with a little, like, when you read it, it, uh, like, or if you touch it or something, it gives you a little waypoint map type of thing <laughs> to where the office is. It just repeats this little pattern or something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. No, I think that sounds good. So Deke gets to work and you go to um, the table that you've set up in your makeshift office where your various requests and summons have been accounted for. So one of the requests that you have received originally arrived in the form of a flying paper bird something you're familiar with because you found one of these in the warehouse you explored in previous adventure. I have a paper bird. You do. So this paper bird flaps into your office, alights in your hands, and unfolds itself. And the message within says, Rainer tells us you're a good bet. He bought you tickets to the opera at the Lightsinger Theater in the Sea Ward. If you're interested in working with us, meet Mert at intermission. Private box C. Formal attire is required for admittance. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. So we have the... And there's a little symbol at the bottom that looks like a heart. We meet Mert at the play during intermission. And good to know. I like that one. <laughs> All right. The next is a letter that comes to you from Jalester Silvermane. And it is a very formal letter um, where he, on behalf of a faction known as the Lord's Alliance, requests your assistance as a property owner of Waterdeep in maintaining the safety and guidance of all the civilized places of Faroon by working among them as part 
of their faction. Mm. And you may reply to him if you are interested, and he will, from time to time, send you appropriate missives of work that needs doing to maintain the order of this place. Okay, I'll put that one on the back burner. <laughs> um, your friend from the Yawning Portal, Yagra Stonefist, brings you a message at one point while you're getting set up. And she says, I know your goings-on with the Zentrim have been a little sketchy so far, but you fought off Xanathar's guild, and so you have a common enemy. If you're interested in being part of something big with them, I can get you in to speak with Davil at the Yawning Portal. Hmm. So she's my connection to speak with Davil mm-hmm. at the Yawning Portal. Yep, who is a Zentarim agent. Zentarim agent, all right. And finally, as you're looking through all of these, trying to decide if any of these are fitting for the type of goblin you want to be here in Waterdeep, you hear a message in your mind, a sending spell. And the voice says, I am Vajra Safar, the Blackstaff. Come to Blackstaff Tower in the Castle Ward at your very earliest convenience. Bring a friend, if you'd like. Hmm. Okay. Didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't feel good. (laughs) So, to give you a little bit of information about factions, since you're a single-person party, (laughs) the idea is, as a player, you would probably align with one of them, Mm. um, which would then give you missions going forward. But for the sake of this being a single-player game and that there's a lot going on, um, as long as you're not doing things that are in opposition with the other ones, you can probably find work from more than one faction. Okay. Um, so the black staff represents the Grey Hands, which is a Waterdeep-specific faction that seeks to keep the city safe from any threats. The harp message that you received in the paper bird is from the Harpers. That is a realm-wide organization of good, usually, um, spies, bards, rogues, and the like that work to gather information to kind of keep the balance of power in check. The Lord's Alliance is exactly what it sounds like. It's um, all of the fancy rich people um, using some of their power and influence to keep things controlled and safe. And then the Zentarim, uh, also known as the Black Network, um, is a uh, an organization of mercenaries and information dealers um, that seems to have agents and business everywhere. Okay. Well, I think at least to start off with, I'm going to check out the Harpers and the Zentrum. Not in that order, necessarily. 
Okay. I don't know. There is a date for the play, right? Um, there are certain nights that it is on. Um, it seems like you know which play it is and everything. So I'd say sometime within the next 10 day, as long as you attended one of those performances, you would be able to likely meet up with this contact. Okay. So first thing I'm going to need to do is get myself some formal wear. And I love the idea of Leica going to the type of shop that deals in those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what I see happening to her is she goes into the tailor shop and they they sort of usher her into the seamstress shop next door. And the seamstresses start trying to like drape her with like pink silk and taff taffeta and whatever right. else and all this kind of crap and she's just no 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 thanks no go away <laughs> and stomps back into the tailor side and is like look <laughs> where she insists that she gets a suit instead okay. it has trousers and boots and that sort of thing and her her vision is uncannily the Wild West, well-to-do gunslinger. How those guys, if you played, you know, Red Dead or anything like that, the Doc they, Holiday look, right? Where they had they they have the vest and the tie and the shirt and the like, the coat and the, everything. It's right. all like fancy suit, but they're also like fully strapped with guns on both <laughs> hips and you know a knife and a secret holster and all that kind of right. shit. It's it's the the dapper gunslinger type of look. She'd right. go for the dapper rogue type of look. Okay, and. Um, that, that, to me, is that plays out in my mind is very funny. <laughs> They're trying to stuff her into a dress, and she's just not having it. So yeah. trying to get a cat to take a bath. I think Shan would have gone with you, and she finds your whole finery put upon this very humorous. <laughs> she's laughing and not being helpful pretty much the whole time. And then when you go back to the Taylor side, she's very approving, because you'll note that Shan wears... She has, like, a long seafaring coat and she has um oh like a pirate tr- yeah coat. Ooh, and cool. she she wears like trousers and a, a flowing blouse and things that allow for movement and climbing of rigging and such like that okay so she's gonna have to get some fine business clothes that are suitable for conducting business but also for attending the play of an evening and so on So you are able to get that put together relatively quickly. Um, The tailor side is used to outfitting gnomes and halflings and the like, and it doesn't take much to make those kind of adjustments um, for your shape and stature and to the requirements that you present. And when he goes to give you your total for the work completed, he says, ah, it looks like um, this has been handled already for your your account was settled um, by uh, a friend. It looks like uh, one uh, the Lord Renner never ever. Oh, okay. I muttered to myself, I hope he doesn't think this makes a square. 
<laughs> Very well, though. Let's see what you got. Let's see if uh, she can try it on. And... Sure. The, um, it seems the materials and colors are to your specifications. Uh, the only liberties they took in making it as fine as possible is that the vest is made of a fine brocade cloth, but still in the color you specified. Okay. Not half bad, sir. Well done. I see why your reputation precedes you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Madam, any other work you need in outfitting yourself, your fellows, your employees? I've heard rumors that Taproom might be starting up again. Please do consider us again. Did it come with a a cool hat, or do I have to go to the, like, um, The the haberdashery guild to get a hat? Because I'm going to have to go get some new um, scabbards and sheaths and belts and stuff for my various daggers and whatnot if I'm going to go about armed whilst in my finery because my much-mended and uh, scuffed and worn but well-oiled and maintained uh, sewer-adventuring gear is going to be out of place on this outfit, so... He looks almost offended um, when you mention a hat because fine clothing, a proper outfit, is not complete without a hat which is then taken off upon entry into a fine place. Right. That's why I need a hat. (laughs) Well, plus she normally wears a headscarf and all that, so she would need to replace that with a hat. you got to fill your head slot. Right. Basically. And so he shows you kind of to a wall of styles um, so that you can select which type you would want, which then would be sized okay. to your ears and noggin. <laughs> cool. And, you know, it dawns on me now that I should have, like, sought out a, uh, a John Wick 2-style um, suit tailor type of place <laughs> where it's like, I need a suit, but it has to be, like, bulletproof so that I could still be, like, Leather armor, but not like, you know, but but in a suit style. Dang. No, I mean they can work with that as well, so that your your formal attire can either be accommodated so it's worn over your armor without it looking strange, or incorporates layers. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about AC or anything when I'm all decked out right. and, and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'll have to pick a hat. Yeah. So what some... style of hat would Laika wear? Oh, she would wear something very, um, not very flamboyant. Not, um, not a huge floppy hat with a giant feather or anything. Oh, so the opposite it, of what Shan's be... looking at while she's waiting for you to finish. Right, it. not yeah. a giant pirate captain <laughs> hat, not a peacock hat. She would wear something more compact, more bowler, more trilby, that sort of hat. Mm-hmm. And she might have a splash of color on the hat band, like an exotic bird feather or something like that. Sure. But that's, that's about it. Okay. So you pick your style... Um, Taylor says that you can take the outfit with you. The hat should be ready later in the afternoon after resizing and adjustments to fit around your ears appropriately. Yeah. And it's so sad that you can't... So she's... 
I see her going into the private investigation type business right. with her newfound premises. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, getting a suit, the, the, the quintessential private investigator in noir fiction is usually decked out to the nines. Right. You know, that's part of how that character is introduced. It's like, I look good, I have my suit, I'm wearing brogues, I have my hat. We're going to take the uh, we're gonna take the bowler and okay. go that route. Perfect. All right. So he bids you return in a few hours' time, um, which gives you a chance to head back to your manor, if you like, or to do something else while you wait. That's interesting that uh, I imagine Shan holding up, like, you know, um, knee knee height cuffed over you know pirate boots like huh <laughs> and she's looking more like you know Oxford type of shoes right. like uh probably this <laughs> that's pretty cool she went shopping with Shan mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome okay you have a couple hours to kill before your everything's ready oh okay so I'm back in my uh adventuring gear basically yeah okay clean but functional and I can uh, okay so with this couple hours I could go see the, the leather workers guild about my my fine harnesses for my various weapons sure or I could go say what's up to Yagra at the yarning portal and have a half pint and See what's going on with the Zentrum. Okay. Mm. I think I'll do that. Okay. So I don't want to go back to the yawning portal in my new duds and have it seem as though I'm not the same person anymore. I want to put on airs, if that makes sense. Okay. So I'll go back to the yawning portal. Same old Leica. Same old gear. Right. So Shan's with you right now. Did you want to drop her off and grab someone else, or is she fine to be with you? No. I'll offer I'll offer to buy Shan um, a pint, because I'm, you know, I'm like a I'm three feet tall. I weigh 42 pounds. I have a half pint, but I'll offer to buy her a whole pint, because um, isn't she a dwarf? No. No. She's a human. Oh, she's a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that case, I'll still offer a pint, a pint as well. Just as thanks for her help so far and everything else. Right. Just, hi, of course. It's one of my favorite places to go for a drink. Plus, I have some business to see to while we're there. And she, um, you know, like rubs her hands together like she's excited for, for something to actually happen. It's been a little slow, a little focused on cleaning and decorating lately. So. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, thanks for that, too. You're hanging out, waiting for something to happen. Let's go hit the yawning portal. Something always happens at the yawning portal. So you make your way to a very familiar location. The yawning portal's as busy as it ever is. Um, there's never really quiet time here. Uh, this is a place that welcomes all adventurers, outsiders of any type, um, and, you know, those that like to live a little bit dangerously. And Yagra spots you coming in, she says, ah, uh, looking to meet up with 
dabble or just here for for socializing? Both. Haven't seen you in a minute, a hot minute, Yagra. I thought we could catch up and then if maybe we see some business later, well, so be it. But I missed you. How are you doing? Doing well. Making a, making some coin. From people who think they can beat me in an arm wrestling match, you know, the usual. <laughs> Rubes. So you are able to order some drinks, hang out for a while, before she asks if you're ready to meet with Davo. Yes. I'm ready to meet with Davil after we hang out for a bit. Okay. Uh, I do also want to meet with the, uh, the barkeep because I know him apparently. Yeah. So, I'm going to meet up with him too but later. It's just on my radar. It's on my to-do list. Okay. So, Dernan is the keeper of the yelling portal. Yeah. So what's your order of operations? We'll meet with the devil first. Alright. The Yawning Portal is a very large place. And there are many areas where you can go to be kind of out of sight and out of earshot of other areas. But in this case, after some time, you note that like Yagra is kind of like scoping out the room. She says, Ah, yeah, looks like he's ready to meet you too. And she leads you to an area that's very close to that well in the center of the yawning portal, just right in the main common area. And you see Davil. Um, he stands and introduces himself as Davil Starsong. Davil Starsong. He stands and introduces himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please make your acquaintance, sir. I'm like a both. I assume my reputation precedes me. <laughs> uh, indeed it does. Uh, that's why we asked our good friend Yagra here to see if you had any interest in, uh, you know, getting your, your fingers in here in Waterdeep. Yeah, let's, let's sit. Let's sit. Let's talk business. I'm warming to my role now as a pillar of the community, a business person. So, Davil's a a very charming elf, um, lacking the haughty accent of many of his kind. It seems that he's dwelled in cities and the like for many years. And he says, as with any great organization, there is usually some things you'd have to do. They may seem a little bit beneath you, but ways to show that you're willing to help. Um, to, you know, show that you're willing to get involved. And I do have something that needs looking into, and I selected this one specifically because I think it matches your skill set very well. And of course, you would be compensated for your work. This isn't charity as some other factions may likely um, be trying to convince you of with their work. This is business. Business is business, friend. So, if you're interested... Go on. Someone is killing elf and half-elf sailors in the dock ward. 
There are three dead so far. Each one was decapitated by a blade in the dead of night. If you would look into it, I think the so-called city watch needs a little help with this one. I think I can look into that for you, friend. We're going to need to modify the contract just a little bit to include a glowing recommendation for Lycobaus investigations. Upon successful completion and satisfactory results of the contract. I can... The Zentrum have far-reaching ties to contacts in Waterdeep and beyond, and I'd be happy to make sure that your business is recommended to anyone looking for the type of work that you do. Splendid. Let's get the dotted line signed. Well, I'm... Like I said, I match this up to your skill set. We don't know of any leads at this point, and we'll need some investigating. Um, but I think if you work around the dock ward for a bit, um, you'll no doubt find someone who can give you the information you're looking for. You just leave that to me, Davil. I'll take care of it, and then we'll be able to continue on the beautiful friendship that this momentous event signifies. Oh, I have no doubt of it. Your skill is unparalleled in this area, and I think you'll make a great addition to the network. Alright. As uh, she she rubs her hands dry-washingly nervously in front of her. (laughs) (laughs) He says again, if you can figure out who's involved, I'm not asking you to solve it. We just need to understand what we're dealing with here. Um... We can make sure that 50 gold pieces make their way into your accounts. Cha-ching! Alright, good. As well as payment for anyone who assists you, of course. I understand you have associates. Plus expenses. Okay, cool. Expenses as in hiring friends to help me out. Okay, cool. Can do. Excellent. Again... Lives are on the line. I understand they may not seem priority for their standing and station within the city, but to us, they are important people. Those with ears at the street level are always important to us. I will uh, pointedly swallow the umbrage I want to take at, like, uh, they're just filthy peasants. Well, what he's trying to say is, to many, they may just seem that way, but to them, their lives are important. So if you could work quickly, that would be ideal. Got it. Okay, sure. I can take a look into this, because I have have a whole uh, ten day to go to this play. True. Get duded up and go to the play. True. So, between now and then, yeah. I'll probably uh, duck into the Leather Workers Guild at some point, place an order for ornate tactical harnesses for my daggers and hand crossbow. Okay. And But other than that, that's just between now and picking up my suit, dropping that stuff off at the... Uh, at the manor? At the manor. All right. So when you go back to the manor... With all of your goodies in tow. Yeah, all my shopping bags. Yeah. Like I just had a terrific lady day. <laughs> yeah, you and Shan with your terrific lady day. <laughs> yeah. You see that there are a group of halflings who are at in 
the ground floor of the tavern, mm -hmm. um, talking with a very unsure how to handle the situation Deke, because Scratch isn't much of a, a talker, right. if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, He's repeating the things that they're saying back to them, probably. He is making various uh, sounds of, like, bags of coin being dropped on table, the sounds of uh, pint glasses being filled with beverage. And as you get closer, you can um, hear conversation along the lines of, well, there's, we saw the sign and there's rumors the place is opening back up. So we're just wondering when work may be available. Mm. Okay. Soon, friends, soon. I'm securing a deal as we speak. And this is interesting because before I left the Yawning Portal, I forgot to talk to Davil about this. Right. But that's all right. <laughs> I'm skilled in persuasion and deception. Yeah. So, and you did note the sign that you requested from Deke is already hanging um, yeah. above the doorway. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Soon, friends, soon. As we speak, I'm working on a deal with none other than Durnin of the Yawning Portal to open a sister branch here at this location. And you could work here if you meet the stringent requirements. And if you're interested, please give your information to my associate here, gesturing to Deke. Mm -hmm. And we'll be in touch as soon as we have need of your prestigious services. All right, and uh, the leader of this little group of halflings um, says, very interesting, that's very good news to us. Um, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on, on progress and coming back when it looks like you may be ready for us. Excellent, excellent. Leave your information with Deke. We'll be in touch. Right, I'd like you to make an insight check. All right. Let's see what happens. All right. That is a... In line with my new status as a gentleman. Uh -huh. A gentleman's 20. You get the feeling that more than looking for work, they're gathering information about what you might be doing with the place. Oh, okay. So, just so you know. Yeah. And so they thank you again after taking, like, you know, like, you see their eyes moving around every still broken, dirty surface that's in here. <laughs> it's all fucked up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they, like, leave. But the interesting thing is at this mention that perhaps... Um, something would be done with this location in making it a bar again, such as the Yawning Portal is, you find that as you kind of move up to the counter where Deke and Scratch, your bird friends, <laughs> are, are were dealing with the halflings, um, one of the wobbly, less broken stools is moved back as if being pulled out for you to sit on. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, this this is just talent being cried out, uh, crying out to be used that um, is the this ghost situation. Just wants to be wants to be a lively tap room again. So, I think not only will that be a revenue stream, but it'll be a way to appease this this spirit. Right, so you have picked up your clothing. You have information on at least one mission at this point, as well as any other business that you wanted to attend to from previously. Um, where would you like to go next? Well, I'm gonna get something to eat. I'm gonna have a nap. 
until dusk, mm-hmm. and it's time to hit the docks and start investigating the uh, the, the elf elven murders. Okay. This very night. In fact. All right. What is your plan? My plan is to, first of all, find out where these murders took place. Okay. Do the whole uh, map with uh, pins and yarn, you know? Sure. To, to see if there's a triangulate a center about them. And then I'm also going to see if there's a high vantage place from which I can surveil the area and then set up a stakeout on that roof or whatever and and see if I can catch the crime in progress. All right. So I'll have you do an investigation. Okay. This is interesting because I'm actually not skilled in investigation. Okay. But it's kind of a dream of mine. Well, who are you taking with you on your investigation of the dock word to get, like, locations and scope stuff out? Probably Deke. Okay. I don't think. Because as an owl, I just see those big owl eyes, and I think, this guy's got to be observant as hell. So... (laughs) You know, plus, probably has some really good um, dark vision. So, um, yeah, let's see if... uh, I think that he'd be a good... A good ally for that. Sure. So, he says, well, I can assist you. Or, if you'd like, you may assist me. I'm not familiar with Waterdeep, but I do have quite the investigative background. Oh, excellent. Yes, splendid. Here's what we're looking for. And I'll fill him in on everything I know. So you're letting him make the roll? Sure. Okay. All right. That would be a gentleman's 20. (laughs) Well done. So, um, Deke is able to, between kind of like getting a feel for where people are moving around or avoiding or city watch or working and things like that and talking to a few people along the way, um, you're able to pinpoint that all of these heinous murders took place um, near one of the main taverns that sailors and dock workers um, utilize in the evening. And it is a tavern called the Mule Skull Tavern. It's on Ship Street in the dock ward. Hmm. Okay. And it seems that, um, like, one of the murders happened on the street, but the other two happened in nearby alleys. So I'm tasked with finding out the cause yes. of these murders, not preventing them. Well, not with capturing anyone related, necessarily. Yeah. Because then from our interest in getting these to stop, but right now they don't have any leads. Okay. So I'm more interested in trying to um, observe one of these. And I'm, of course, 
going to feel compelled to intervene if I can. But I want to see if I can observe the comings and goings of this tavern from afar and see if I can catch the murderer in the act. Okay. So you're going to wait till the evening, perhaps, like, keep an eye on this place, see who's going in and out, that sort of thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Stake out the place. Okay. So... The dock ward is a pretty lively place, but as it gets darker, things quiet down. Um, Sailors and workers move into taverns if they're staying in the area, or into local inns and similar for the night. And you are able to find a good spot across the street from the tavern where you can kind of keep an eye on who's moving in and out. After some time, um, you've noticed that people are starting to come out of the tavern Um, drunkenly walking off to whatever the next destination is, whether that's back on their boats, if that's where they sleep, or to other local establishments. And um, you see a few humans leave, uh, a dwarf deckhand, that sort of thing. And then you note a half-elf sailor, Mm. based on dress, comes stumbling out of the tavern doors. And he begins to, to walk down the street, um, heading toward the, the docks proper. That's probably our guy. wonder if I should have Deke follow him, and I'll wait to see if I can follow another one. Because what if there's more than one elven person who stumbles out of the bar? Well, let's run up to the door of the, uh, the common room and take a quick... Head count. see if there are any other elves in there real quick. Okay. Um, so you go in to the tavern. Are you having to keep an eye on this other guy? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye on that guy. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. I want to see if I have to lag behind to follow any other elves or not. Yeah. Perhaps one of the reasons that elves are easy to target is not many elves end up working as sailors. There are a couple of half-elves that you notice in the common room, similar to the one that left the bar, um, but they seem to be settling in for the night as like, like sleeping in the common area, basically. So they don't look like they're going anywhere for a while. Okay, so I'll hurry to catch up to Deke and our Mark, and we can stealthily follow him. Okay, and he waves you over because he's able, he's been stumbling around and he's kind of moving, like weaving into entrance to one alley, weaving out of it, leaning against the door to a building, kind of moving about. Um, I need you to make a perception check, please. Okay. It is dark. Got it. We're looking at 16. Okay. There is a sound that is not unfamiliar to you sound a very sharp piece of metal being removed from a scabbard and the source unseen by you you can see this blade flash out from a dark alleyway as your half elf stumbles in that direction man and do we have time to run up and Try to tackle him out of the way or anything? Your perception check was not good enough Don't. to see it in advance. To see it coming. Um, wow. But 
Luckily for this half-elf you've been following, his drunken skill apparently is quite good. Um, and he just pretty much accidentally just sort of stumbles back out of the way of this blade and you hear a soft curse coming from the direction of that alley. Um, go ahead and roll initiative. Like drunken boxing. I got a four because I rolled a one. Oh, nice. (laughs) As you kind of try to figure out exactly what's going on, you see um, a dark-skinned elven figure um, step briefly out of the alley to kind of recollect um, and re-engage with this long, sharp sword that he has. Drow? It is. The dark elf? Do I recognize them as such? Yeah, you would know what a drow is. It's a drow. Drow are killing elves in the dock district as they leave the Mule Skull Tavern. Alright, so he is going to take another swing. Drama. Intrigue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright. And he does a quick slash at the half-elf, um, not hitting him in, the, in his the customary place um, for these killings, but um, trying to take him down regardless, and so he slashes across him to try to re-engage, hack at him once more. This half-elf looks very close to death no, at this point. No. Right. Um, what would you like to do? Let's see if we can... Uh, how far away are we here? Would you say? You've been following relatively closely to the half-elf, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then let's run up and stab this drow with our short sword. Okay. All right. Go ahead and make your roll. Okay. All right. That's uh, 17. All right. That'll hit. Because... There is, um... You could say that the half-elf that is, uh, the drow is trying to murder is an enemy of that drow for the purposes of, uh, sneak attack or not. Sure. Well, he's not really engaged with him, but he is distracted by him, so I guess I'd say sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you gotta ask yeah. if you can do your sneak attack or not. Okay. Alright. Okay. That is six plus nine damage. Mm-hmm. And man, I forget what size I am. You're small. I'm small. The drow is medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's do Fury of the Small and add two damage to that. Okay, cool. So 11 total. You stab the drow. As you do, you note that while he's holding this sword, a fine curved blade, what would be considered short sword in length, but it is like very like thin and ornate very sharp. But you can see as your short sword like slashes 
um, across the back of his thigh, basically, that there is a... I mean, you've heard of them, but you've not really ever seen one. But he has some sort of firearm on his hip. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> right. And he cries out in alarm as he seems to take notice for, of you for the first time. Um, it's Deke's turn. What would you like him to do? Oh, man. I would like Deke to... Um, whatever offensive capabilities Deke has... Uh-huh. Unless they're trumped by any kind of buffing capabilities that he has, I'd like him to uh, drop whatever he can on this guy. Right. So you know from speaking with Deke over these last few days that he has some offensive magic that he doesn't use very often anymore. Spell of choice, if he had to cast an offensive spell, would be Ray of Frost. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, he can also cure wounds, mm-hmm. detect magic, and cast the Grease spell. Ray of Frost is perfect. Grease, I think, is good as well. But Ray of Frost is good because it'll do damage, but also, if I'm not mistaken, should slow this guy if successful. Because mm-hmm. we're trying to catch this dude. Yeah. If we can go above and beyond. You also know he has a very fancy crossbow that he has been tinkering with. Mmm. Nice. I'm sure I have eyed that because I I also, uh, I don't have a hand crossbow yet. But mm-hmm. I do mean to pick one up because I'm familiar with them. Know how to use them. So. We'll see. Alright, so Ray of Frost? Yes, please. Okay. You see a beam of blue-white light shriek from Deke towards the drow, and you see frost starting to form and spread across the drow's torso where the spell hit, and he curses again. Alright. It is... The drow's turn, let's see. The drow turns towards you in a rage. Um, this is going to be 17 versus your AC. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. All right, so it's gonna be four piercing damage as he brings that sharp blade down across you for getting in his way. All right, it is your turn. Okay. Lyca will grit all 167 of her tiny, needle-sharp teeth as she draws her dagger with her offhand to complement her short sword in her main hand. And say to the drow, hate to shatter your ego, friend, but that's not the first time I've been stabbed before. And with that, she'll lash out at him in two quick strikes with both weapons. Okay. So roll your first attack as normal. Short sword first as normal. Okay. That is a 22. Oh, that'll hit. Okay. And not so great on the damage with that one. That is uh, eight damage. I already blew my fury of the small. 
but let's roll for the bonus action two-weapon fighting one. Okay. With the dagger. Just hopefully just to add another 1d4. But that is 11, so it might not quite get there. Okay. Uh, but your first one did, and that was actually significant damage for as much as you think it wasn't. I mean... Did you roll your sneak attack damage on that one? Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. All right. I figure if the elf cowering there, <laughs> Aziz Ansari style, no offense Aziz, much love, you just do the, you know, weak cower roll uh, very well when you do it, a la Daryl in Bob's Burgers. All right. What would you like Deke to do? Deke should zap him again, but I need to call out to Deke, you know, uh, communicate with him in some way to, you know, pull your punches, Deke, we want to take him alive. So we're looking to just knock him out. Right. So Ray of Frost again would be cool, but if it can be a gentle Ray of Frost. (laughs) So the frost is maintained. You see the drow turn to try to run, but he is slow. I'll let you go ahead and take an attack of opportunity if you'd like to do so. Yes. All right. That is a gentleman's 20. Alright, all your damage. Alright. Do you do sneak attack on those two? Or not? No, you no, can only do sneak just... attack once per turn. Right, I thought so. Okay, cool. Well, that's full damage, though, so that's nine damage. Again, though, trying to take him alive. So if that's gonna close the deal, I need to make sure and just turn at the last second to just hamstring him or something. No, you're good. No, I'm good? Okay, yeah. cool. Alright, um, it's a deep wound, but you don't get to see the entirety of the damage because suddenly the alley goes completely black. Not dark, but just like you can't see anything. Mm, magic blackness. Okay. Uh, you make a perception check? Alright. Gentleman's 20. Okay. Um, and you can hear the direction that the footsteps go. And then you hear another sound, a strange, wet, crunchy sound. And then the darkness vanishes. Um, the drunken half-elf is still with you. Um, his bleeding has slowed somewhat. Um, he seems stable, but very injured. Okay. But the drow is no longer in sight. Okay, cool. Hey, Deke, anything you can do for our friend here? Yes, uh, I do have a spell for this. And he walks over to the inebriated half-elf and is able to touch him. There is a soft, warm glow, and you see, although his clothes are still cut open, the wound seems to stitch shut and is breathing becomes easier. Cool. Meanwhile, I'm keeping an eye out. You never know. Threats might spring from any shadow. I'm on edge. We've got the battle fire on me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'd like you to make a perception check. Okay. Ugh, not so good. Um, nine. Okay. You don't hear any more sounds or see anything else in the direction that you heard those noises come from earlier. Um, and so you keep listening and keep watching. And after a few moments, you see a 
small black winged shape um, slowly approaching in your direction with something tied about its form. Huh. Okay. Um, and continuing to watch, you see what looks like a black snake, but with wings. Huh. Um, and with a fine um, bit of ribbon, a pouch and a rolled piece of paper have been tied to it around the midsection. Okay, cool. Uh, is it something that I can, I guess, seems like the threat has passed, sheath my weapons, mm-hmm. and take this uh, cargo from this winged serpent, this Quetzalcoatl that has come to me with a message. All right. Um, it hisses happily as you remove the thing, <laughs> and then starts to slither and then flap off on its way. Oh, man. And um, the pouch is a bag of coin. Mm-hmm. And unrolling the letter, you see, thanks to your investigation, we were able to keep watch of the areas that you moved to and finish up the work required to resolve this issue. Oh. You have proven that your work is more than fine. They were watching me watch the place. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have a very successful conversation with this uh, sailor that you rescued. Um, he is likely to be very cooperative in helping us in the future because of your fine work this day. Please take this payment with our deepest regards and you will certainly hear from us again. And it's signed, Davil. Okay. This is one of those wow quests where it just (laughs) auto-completes. You don't have to go anywhere. You just get your reward. You now have 50 gold pieces. Because you know the other pieces in the bag are for your friend Deke to supply his work. All right. Yeah, cool. I'm mad at that. I'll pay Deke right away. um, I would like you to make note that you have one point of renown with the Zentarim. Zentrum. Plus one renown. Okay. Can't be mad at that. That's and pretty cool. Yeah. You have 275 experience points. Ooh, XP. That is the um, the more valuable commodity right there. Cool. Alright. Um Deke comes over, um, puts a hand on your shoulder. And you can feel three of those hit points restored that you lost. Oh, nice. Thanks. Says, I'll need some rest. That really took it out of me, but it looks like we were able to stop what was going on here. Me too, friend. Me too. Maybe oh. these Zents aren't so bad after all? Who, the Zentrum? Yeah. You know, that remains to be seen, but... As long as we keep doing good work together, I think you might be right. Speaking of which, I'll hand him his his gold and let it trickle out of my my hand into his palm. Okay. To pay him his share. And pat him on the back. Let's see if we can get some rest. Well earned, I might add. Good job, Deke. I think you're uh, living up to your name, Mr. Penitent. He seems excited as you head back to the manor about the prospect of putting this gold 
to some use making some interesting items that will be very useful in the future. Right. We'll talk about as we walk into the uh, not sunset and probably not sunrise. No, exactly. <laughs> but walk in the moonlight. Right. Um, about you know we could maybe set up a a booth or similar in the corner of the new tap room where you sell Deke's restoratives and palliatives or something like that. You know <laughs> potions and whatnot. I mean tonics and such. Restoratives, they could be real popular, especially if they're hangover cures in the morning and hangover preventatives at night. Could be good for business. Why I bet trailing right. off, you know, as you go. <laughs> Alright. So we'll pick up with whatever other trouble you want to get into next time. But for now, I think that's a good place for us to stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it's always a little housekeeping whenever you start a new section. Yes. Yeah. So might have been a little bit uh, cha 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 like the, right. the locomotive getting started. But once it got rolling, it was really cool. So Awesome. Well, next time you'll get to decide if you want to go to the theater uh, or if you want to follow up with any of these other items. Yeah, I'm going to have to trade in my short bow for a hand crossbow because I'm working in the, like, detective noir sort of mm area these days so having your your handgun is more appropriate than your short bow i right. think for concealment and whatnot so so there's that and i've been drawing Laika's daggers that she lost that she's trying to recover someday right but i haven't drawn her short sword yet so that might be on uh on the docket so since you have renown with the Zentrum at this point, not saying you, you have to do anything in particular with it, but you could consider in the time between episodes um, using your newfound rank within the Zentrum. You're now considered a fang because you have one renown. Yeah, I got bloody in their service. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's not insignificant. To um, source a weapon for you. Oh. Because hand crossbows, since they are drow weapons, mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily be very easy to find in Waterdeep, but an organization like the Zentrum may be able to find one for you. Okay. Cool. I would definitely spend that renown. You don't have to spend that. it. You just have it because that's like your rank in the organization oh, right now. okay. So you can kind of call in small favors since you're a fang, and then your favors get bigger as you... You go talk to the Xentherum quartermaster. Yeah, so basically. WoW Classic is launching on? tomorrow, so <laughs> thinking of everything in WoW terms. So yeah, you go to the, the quartermaster, and that item's no longer grayed out because right. you've reached sufficient faction. Yeah. So you're not high enough to get, like, the mounts and everything yet, but you can call in a favor for simple weapons. And then Deke might be able to, to toy with it for you. He has quite the mechanical aptitude. That would also be awesome. And, um, I mean, well, is a hand crossbow... I thought it was a martial weapon, not a simple weapon. I don't remember. It's a martial ranged weapon. It's a martial weapon. Cool. That's good. Because I have proficiency specifically in hand crossbow. Okay. Um, which is why I wanted one, because I saw that in my proficiency list. Right. And I have a short bow because it's a simple weapon, 
and I have all simple weapons in my proficiencies. So I okay. kind of wanted to upgrade a little bit. That's sure. what I'm looking for here. So yeah, normally would cost cool. seventy five gold. Yeah, which you know, not insignificant expense. So if yeah. I can source that for mm-hmm. free through my connections, yeah, she's like, hmm. yeah. She has ways of dry washing her hands that show that she's lying, but ways of rubbing them together, rubbing her palms together like, hmm, as though <laughs> anticipating a, a tasty meal. Right. All right. Well, that is a good place. Good, like, some ideas for where we're going to go next and everything. Um there's a lot going on in your little neighborhood, your little neck of the woods right now. It's true. So. I have to talk to Dernan mm-hmm. about <laughs> about some lies I told that involved his name. <laughs> uh, I need to get in front of that. Sure. And I need to uh, check out that play and talk to a dude during intermission in my dapper new duds after I pick up the rest of my equipment. So, okay. Lots of cool stuff to do. Well, thank you so much, for Barbarians, for listening uh, we hope you enjoyed this first part of chapter two, where we had a little bit of bookkeeping and then started to get into it. Um, and we'll just pick up the action next time. But until then, spend your rage wisely. And increase your renown. <laughs>